Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Thursday, September 14th, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. It's almost Friday. How can you complain? We're almost to the weekend. We're almost to the end of the week. Now, if this is your first time listening, I want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, no specific topics, and no specific categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So, of course, today is Thursday. We're almost to the end of the week, which means that we're almost to the hardest day of the week. So today will be relatively challenging. If you find this episode to be maybe a bit too challenging for your tastes, I encourage you to listen to it anyway. As a matter of fact, I encourage you to listen to every day of the week, no matter how hard it is, because you never know. You might surprise yourself. You might know the answer to a pretty difficult question. If, on the other hand, however, you find this episode to be a bit too easy, well, not to fear. Tune in tomorrow. Tune in on Friday, because we will have the hardest day of the week tomorrow. But for today, let's get started with the round of questions with question number one. What is the proper size of a current U.S. passport photo? And that passport photo is two inches by two inches. American passports are required to be two inches by two inches for their photograph. Other requirements include color photography. The photo has to be taken in the last six months from passport application. You must use a clear image of your face. You cannot use any of the filters commonly used on social media. And you have to take it with someone else. You can't do a selfie. Someone else has to take the photo. Also, and I didn't know this one, but you have to take off your eyeglasses for the photo, which is interesting to me because there, of course, there are a lot of people who wear eyeglasses every day, and so you would think that maybe you would want to know what they look like with those eyeglasses on. In any case, not only that, but you also have to use a white or off-white background without shadows, without texture, or without lines, and of course, it must be two by two. Now, here's a little funny story for you that I think you might appreciate. As all of you know, my wife is from France, and when she lived there and she had to apply for her visa, for her American visa, they required a two-inch by two-inch photo. But of course, France, they don't take photos in inches. So she actually had to travel to a special place that took photos just for that purpose. They just took two-inch by two-inch photos purely for American purposes. So... It's kind of fun to know that there are places out there that are specifically designated to take that two inch by two inch photo just for American purposes. So that was question number one, but let's move on to question number two. What is the geometric shape often associated with a get rich quick scam? And that shape is a pyramid. A pyramid scheme, as it's known, is a business model that recruits members via a promise of payments or services for enrolling others into the scheme rather than supplying investments or sale products. As recruiting multiplies, recruiting becomes quickly impossible, and most members are actually unable to profit. 
As such, pyramid schemes are unsustainable and actually very often illegal. So once again, that geometric shape of a get-rich-quick scam is the pyramid, the pyramid scheme. Moving on to question number three. The unofficial state motto of the U.S. state of Virginia says that Virginia is for whom? And the answer there is lovers. Virginia is for lovers. Virginia is for lovers is the tourism and travel slogan of the U.S. Commonwealth of Virginia. Used since 1969, it has become a well-recognized and often imitated part of American jargon. In 2012, Advertising Age magazine called, quote, Virginia is for lovers is one of the most iconic ad campaigns in the past 50 years, end quote. Now, truth be told, it might not be that iconic. I personally had never heard of it, and so it's interesting to me to learn that it is such an iconic saying. But then again, I'm not from the eastern United States. I'm not from the southeastern United States. I've actually never been to Virginia, so perhaps that's a reason why I've never heard of it. But once again, the answer there is that the unofficial state motto of Virginia is that Virginia is for lovers. Question number four. What term was historically used to refer to the rulers of Zanzibar and Turkey, but is now reserved for the rulers of only Brunei and Oman? And that term is sultan. That's a sultan. A sultan is a position with several historical meanings. Originally, it was an Arabic abstract noun, meaning strength, authority, or rulership. The term is actually distinct from king, though both refer to a sovereign ruler. The use of sultan is restricted to Muslim countries, where the title actually carries religious significance, contrasting the more secular king, which is used in both Muslim and non-Muslim countries. And by the way, in Arabic, king is actually Malik. Now, the word for sultan always reminds me of the song uh, Sultans of Swing by the famous British rock band Dire Straits, who they actually just lost a band member last week. So, shout out to Dire Straits, shout out to Sultans of Swing, and shout out to the sultans of the world, both past and present. Moving on to question number five. What is the black glass that is produced by volcanoes? And that black glass is called obsidian. Obsidian is a naturally occurring volcanic glass formed when lava extruded from a volcano cools rapidly with minimal crystal growth. Obsidian is produced from felsic lava rich in the lighter elements such as silicon, oxygen, aluminum, sodium, and potassium. It is hard, brittle, and amorphous. It therefore fractures with sharp edges. In the past, it was used to manufacture cutting and piercing tools, 
and it has been used experimentally as surgical scalpel blades. If you've ever held a piece of obsidian, perhaps a, a shard of obsidian, I think you know what I'm talking about. It is an incredibly, incredibly sharp stone. So once again, that is obsidian, the black glass that is produced by volcanoes. Question number six. Which Spanish novelist lost his left hand in a naval victory over the Turks at Lepanto in 1571? That novelist was Saavedra. Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra was an early modern Spanish writer, widely regarded as the greatest writer in the Spanish language and one of the world's preeminent novelists. He is best known for his novel Don Quixote, a work often cited as both the first modern novel. He served in the Battle of Lepanto, and his ship, the Marquesa, lost 40 people dead and 120 people wounded, including Cervantes. He actually received three separate wounds, two in the chest and another that rendered his left arm useless. Now, this last wound is the reason why he was later given the nickname. He was actually called, uh, again, uh, pardon my pronunciation of this, but he was called El Manco de Lepanto, which translates to the one-handed man of Lepanto. Not the best nickname ever, but thankfully he went on to write one of the greatest novels of all time. So he's actually remembered not necessarily as the one-handed man of Lepanto, but instead as one of the premier novelists of his time. So again, that was Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Moving on to question number seven. What was the name of General Robert E. Lee's horse? And that horse was Traveler. Traveler was Confederate General Robert E. Lee's most famous horse during the American Civil War. He was a gray American saddlebred of 16 hands, which is equivalent to about 64 inches or 163 centimeters. He was notable for speed, strength, and courage in combat. Lee acquired him in February of 1862 and rode him in many of the battles of the Civil War. Uh, fun fact, Traveler actually outlived Lee by a couple of months, which is interesting. Uh, unfortunately, though, Traveler did have to be put down when he contracted untreatable tetanus. So that was Traveler. Now, Traveler and Robert E. Lee are both from, they're both from Virginia, and so I wonder what they would think about that unofficial state motto, Virginia is for lovers. I wonder if Robert E. Lee would like that. I'll leave that up to you to decide. But we all know that his horse, we now know that his horse's name was Traveler. Question number eight. On Thanksgiving in 1974, John Lennon of the Beatles made his final onstage appearance alongside another British musician named John. Who was that other British John? Now you have to think last name here because that was Elton John. 
On the 28th of November, Lennon made a surprise guest appearance at Elton John's Thanksgiving concert at Madison Square Garden in a fulfillment of a promise to John Lennon to join the singer in a live show if the song Whatever Gets You Through the Night, whose commercial potential Lennon actually doubted, reached number one. So he had a wager with Elton John that if that song got to number one, then John Lennon would join him on stage at a live show. Lennon performed the song along with Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and I Saw Her Standing There, which he introduced comically as, quote, a song by an old estranged fiancé of mine called Paul. Of course, in reference to Paul McCartney. Now, interestingly enough, when I was reading about this, I, I actually read that this was the first time that John Lennon had performed in two years, which was interesting to me. I did not know that he had been on such a hiatus. Of course, this was his last appearance before his assassination. It would have been quite a concert to be at, seeing not only Elton John, but also John Lennon live together at Madison Square Garden. I can only imagine. Moving on to question number nine. What is the word used to describe canvas, rattan, or willow containers used to carry fish? And that is called a creel. And that's spelled C-R-E-E-L. That's creel. Now, a creel is a wicker basket usually used for carrying fish or blocks of peat. It is also the fish trap used to catch lobsters and other crustaceans. In modern times, it has come to mean a range of types of wicker basket, typically used by anglers or commercial fishermen to hold fish or other prey. The word is also found in agriculture and for some domestic baskets as well. So it is kind of a catch-all. But when we think of creel today, think of uh, think of those old wicker baskets that you might see in old paintings when accompanying, say, fly fishermen, for example. That's When I looked this up, that's what I pictured. So once again, that is a creel. That is the word used to describe a canvas, rattan, or willow container used to carry fish. Moving on to our last question of the day, question number 10. What city derived its name from Texas, Arkansas, and Louisiana? And that city is named Texarkana. Texarkana is a city in Bowie County, Texas, United States, in the Arc-La-Tex region. That's Arc-La-Tex for Arkansas, Louisiana, and of course, Texas. Now, the name Texarkana is known to be a portmanteau of Texas, Arkansas, and nearby Louisiana. So that means that it's a, it's a blend of all three of them. The city was created in the 1870s when three rival railroads came together to form a crossroad city to service the area. Uh, now, nobody quite knows the history of where the name came from. There's a few different stories out there, a few different variations. In my opinion, neither of them are particularly interesting. But today, the city has grown with an overall metropolitan area with a population listed at 149,000 people living in Texarkana City of Texas. 
So that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be a bit simple, well, check in tomorrow on Friday. We're going to have the hardest day of the week. I hope it's a good challenge for you. If, however, you found this episode to be a bit too hard for your liking, I encourage you to check in tomorrow anyway. I encourage you to listen to all episodes just in case you know the answer to a question. As always, we want to encourage you to tell your friends, tell your family, listen to the show. We're trying to grow the community here at My Daily Trivia. I want to thank each of you again for listening to My Daily Trivia. It truly means a lot to us. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.